the Bible talks about talents and things that the Lord leaves. And I, and I believe that the Lord has left us with some things that he desires for us to properly steward in the area of favor and grace and just the power and the presence of God that he's given us grace to cultivate as a people. Now, in order for us to properly steward favor in the presence of God, it's imperative that we walk in the spirit. It's imperative that we walk in the spirit and that we ultimately understand the difference between flesh and spirit. Um, that's so, so important, and it seems basic, but I would suggest to you that it's one of the topics that need to be addressed, because I don't know if we can understand a carnal Christian from a spiritual one today, because there's so many individuals, uh, carnality is so widely accepted, because we haven't been taught what being spiritual looks like. Or, or, or be, what, what being spiritual is, it is so important because he that is led by the spirit of God is the sons of God. God is spirit. They that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit. Being spiritual is important. Being spiritual is important in order to fulfill the things that God has called us to fulfill. And so I begin to tap on into some things on Wednesday um, dealing with flesh and spirit, understanding that flesh is a mindset and that spirit is a mindset. To be carnally minded, to be spiritually minded, he that minds the things of the flesh, he that minds the things of the spirit. That's Romans chapter 8, really breaks those things down. So it's important that we understand that if we're being carnal, if we're in the flesh, it's, a mind, it's, it's reflective of a mindset. If we're in the spirit, it's reflective of a mindset. We went on to talk about that if we're in the spirit, it's life and peace. Whatever, anytime we respond to something and it pulls us out of life and peace, we're in the flesh. We're in the flesh. We don't need any other evidence to know that we're in the flesh. And that it's not a time for us to make a decision. It's not a time for us to make an observation. It's not a time for us to confront. Until we deal with that flesh, we don't deal with that situation. Because any way we deal with a situation out of the flesh, we will not please God. Romans 8 and 8, in the flesh, we cannot please God. Whatever I told them did not please God. Whatever conclusion I come to in the flesh, it will not please God. No matter how many scriptures I put on it, no matter how many prayers I put on it, if I do it in the flesh... God will not be pleased with me. I must now live life in, I must do life in a place called life and peace. Amen. Being spiritual is walking in life and peace. We, we, we stop right there. And I want to pick up some things um, because uh, the Lord has just been dealing with and, and go a little bit further. I don't know if I'm going to go all the way back to Romans 8 today. But I will pick that up on Wednesday if I don't today. But I want to deal with some other things because we're dealing with mindset. We're dealing with mindset. Uh, Jesus said it this way, repent for the kingdom of God is what? At hand. And I dealt with this this morning in Manning. Repent for the kingdom of God is at change your mind. Shift the way you're thinking because the kingdom is in reach. And although it's right where you can reach it, you will not access it by reach unless you change the way you think. So we don't enter the kingdom by proximity. We enter the kingdom by perception. So he said, it don't matter how close to the kingdom you are. 
You will not enter it and you'll be one inch away from it if me and you don't change the way we think. Amen. Calvary was all about dealing with thought. Calvary, Golgotha, it's, it is in term the place of the skull is the meaning of Calvary. God has to deal with our mind. Amen. And so I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further with that. As God brings us out of flesh into spirit, that we can be who God has called us to be. And I'm going to go to a popular verse to do that. Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verse 6 and 7. This is a, a very, very popular verse um, that, that prophesies towards the, towards the Christ and towards the Lord. And we'll see if the Lord can help us some in this. Isaiah chapter 9. Um, and verse number six. The Bible reads in Isaiah 9 and 6, uh, the prophet prophesying, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, everybody say government, shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse number seven. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I'm going to read first part of verse number seven again. Of the increase of his government and peace. Everybody say government and peace. There shall be no end. Now, I changed my mind. I do want to jump back to Romans for a minute. Go to Romans 8, verse 5. With in mind, government and peace. And I'm thinking that's the right one. Let me make sure. I'm going to double check it myself that we dealt with on Wednesday. Romans 8 and 6. Let's do 6. Now, I'm going to read verse 7 again of Isaiah, and then we're going to do um, Romans um, 8 and 6. Of the increase of his government and peace. Everybody say government and peace. There shall be no end. Now, Romans 8 and 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. I want y'all to understand we're still dealing with the mind. Amen. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. Look, God, that you speak clearly unto us on this day. That your word comes in power and in demonstration of your spirit. That we would hear with our ears, see with our eyes, believe with our mind, and be converted into whatever it is you want to bring forth in your people on this day. And Lord God, we'll magnify you and bless you for it and exalt you for it. It's in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. God's people said amen. Amen. Of the increase of his government... And peace, there shall be 
no end. Amen? Now, when we're, when we're examining Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, this prophecy is actually prophesying, and I'm just giving a little bit of background, concerning two things, the person of Christ and the purpose of Christ's coming. Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, um, the, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying 700 years before the Lord comes about now the person, who this person Jesus will be, and what his purpose will be. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That statement is pointing prophetically to the virgin birth of Jesus by Mary. Make no mistake about it. He's pointing towards that. Now, if we pay attention to that prophetic utterance, that, that prophecy, in verse number 6, he prophesies to the who Jesus is. Verse 6 is about the who, who Jesus is. They shall call him wonderful. They shall call him counselor. They shall call him everlasting father. They shall call him prince of peace. That's the who. Then verse 7 points prophetically to the purpose of, the, of Christ's coming. It says, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end his purpose is of the increase of his government and peace everybody say uh, he came for a government this is what we must understand if we're really going to be relevant to what heaven wants to accomplish in earth. Jesus didn't come to establish a religion, a religion. He came to establish a government. Everybody say government. He didn't bring us together just so we could be encouraged. Please hear me. He didn't bring us together just so we can make it through this week. He didn't, he didn't bring us together just, uh, just so we can have a good time and have good church. He brought me and you together to be equipped to exercise governmental rule. Come on, glory be to God. I need y'all to get that. He did not come so we can have good church. He came with a government in mind. He's trying to establish governmental rule. So we're not here just to be church members. I want to help you understand that. We're here to be governors. Come on. I need you to say I'm a governor. Glory be to God. I need you to understand. See, see if, if now he came to establish a government and he died for the church, then obviously the people in the church run that government. See, we're not here to learn how to run programs. We're not here to learn how to run programs. We're here to learn how to run his government called the kingdom of God. Amen? Of the increase of his government, everybody say and. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Now, government now is the Greek word misra, and I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of Hebrew and Greek, but I do want to point out this word. It is the Greek word misra. It's how you pronounce, excuse me, in Hebrew, it's how you pronounce it, M-I-S-R-A-H, misra. It means rule or dominion. It means rule, that word government means rule or dominion. So, Isaiah 9 verse 7 could read, of the increase of his dominion and peace, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his rule and peace, there shall be no end. Government and peace. Come on. Dominion and peace. 
It's not. See, I need y'all to understand something about his government or his dominion. And means along with, in addition to, or together with. So that verse could read of the increase of Jesus's rule or dominion together with peace. There shall be no end. To, um, with peace, there shall be no end. So what, what's the point I'm trying to make? The right to experience Jesus' dominion is only permitted to the degree we walk in peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, to be spiritually minded is life in peace. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to go a little bit further. The right to experience Jesus' dominion is only permitted to the degree we walk in peace. Where we lack peace, we lack authority to govern or to see Jesus's dominion over the enemy manifested in our personal lives. We will not see his dominion manifest in our personal lives if we lack peace. See, what I need you to understand is Jesus has dominion over depression. I need you to understand Jesus has dominion over discouragement. Jesus has dominion over temptation. Jesus has dominion over sin. Jesus has dominion over mental bondage. He completely defeated every one of them, but that dominion will only be experienced by us to the degree we're governed by peace. Outside of peace, we have no authority to exercise Jesus' dominion over our enemy. So although Jesus has dominion over depression, we'll still fight with depression. Although Jesus has dominion over temptation, we find ourselves still struggling and succumbing to temptation. Not because Jesus yet needs to give us the victory, but because we're not walking in life and peace by way of Holy Spirit because his dominion can only have an and peace attached to it. That's why God gives us spirit so we can walk in peace and see his government. If peace isn't present, Jesus' dominion won't be experienced. If y'all don't get nothing else I say, I need, I need y'all to get that. If, if, if peace isn't present in our lives, Jesus' dominion will not be experienced by us. See, the enemy isn't simply trying to attack our to attack us with anxiety. The enemy ain't just trying to attack us with stress. He's trying to disqualify us from governing. Please hear what I'm saying. He's not just trying to make you feel overwhelmed. He's trying to disqualify you from governing. He knows outside of peace... We have no authority to govern or enforce Jesus' victory over him. I need somebody to understand we have the victory. I need you to understand right now, glory be to God, that is not wishful thinking. That is not just a cliche. We actually have that victory now, but that victory cannot be realized out of a realm called peace. Outside of peace, we will not see the victory that he already has. Of the increase of his dominion and peace. Somebody shout peace. Now I want you to notice something about Romans chapter 16 verse number 20. And I'm going to give it to you out of the New King James Version. This is one of my favorite scriptures. In Romans chapter 16 verse number 20. It says what? And the God of what? Will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Y'all see that? 
and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. What? You know what crush means? Crush means complete victory. It doesn't mean you beat him once. That means you crushed him. So whatever he fought you in, he can't never fought, fight you there anymore. You crushed that. That, that. No, no, no. You dealt with that. That is crush. Crush means come. Now, the devil might attack me, but he can't attack me there no more. He might come, but he ain't coming like that no more. I'll never re repeat that battle. We crushed that. That, that. that is over. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Complete victory over the enemy is only manifested in an atmosphere of peace and the God of peace. Where there is peace, please hear me, Yahweh will, glory, Yahweh will crush Satan under your feet. Not Yahweh might crush Satan under your feet. Not Yahweh probably will crush Satan under your feet. But he will crush Satan under your feet. In other words, see, this is what I need y'all to understand. This is what I need y'all to get about this. In other words, he won't allow the enemy's attack to obstruct your path when me and you walk in peace. Because in the midst of the enemy's obstruction, we're walking in peace. So instead of making us step around the enemy because we're walking in peace or making us step over the enemy, he said, no, 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 no. I'm going to crush him under your feet feet uh, because you're walking in peace. I'm not going to make you adjust to what he's doing. I'm going to make him come under your feet so whatever you're doing, you don't have to break stride. This is a season and this is a time where men and women get victory over the enemy without breaking their stride. Whatever you were doing, you're just going to keep on doing and the Lord is going to give you the victory. You will bind the enemy in this season without breaking your stride. You will rebuke the enemy in this season without breaking your stride. All things will work together for your good without breaking your stride. He said the God of peace will crush Satan under your foot. He said you don't have to aim wherever you're stepping. I'm going to put him under there. You don't have to aim for his head wherever you're going. I'm going to put him under your feet. It don't matter which way you're going. You ain't got to have good aim. I'm just going to put him wherever you're stepping. Because you're walking in peace. I need you to, I, you don't have to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you ain't got to have good aim for this one. Glory be to God. You, you ain't got to have good coordination. You ain't got to have good aim. All you got to have is some peace. And the God of peace will crush. Say, there's some stuff that's about to get crushed in. What I'm saying is the Lord literally is bringing us into a place where we begin to experience victory without breaking our stride. Stop thinking you got to fight. All you're going to have to do is keep on walking. This time we get victory without breaking our stride because we're walk. We're going to learn how to walk in peace, which means we're walking in the spirit because in the spirit is life and and the God of peace. Why do we have to shift our mind so God can give us his victory? We must become spiritually minded. Watch this. Watch this. Roman. Don't do that to me. I was about to talk about that, but you're about to mess me up. She's going to wave that on over here. I'm going to wave it back. You're about to mess me up. You can't be waving that stuff over here. 
Glory to God. I'm messing with you, Todd. Watch this. Romans chapter 16, verse 20, New King James Version. I'm going to read it again. Watch this. And the God of peace, please pay attention to this, will crush Satan under your feet when? Before I get to the shortly, I want you to notice this. Where there is a lack of peace, the enemy knows he won't be crushed. You know why the enemy wants to keep you in an uproar? You know why the enemy wants to keep you worried? You know why the enemy wants to keep you questioning? You know why the enemy wants to keep you confused? You know why the enemy wants to keep you discouraged? Because as long as he does, you can't crush him. You'll continue to have to face an enemy that you will never crush. And so now you get past him this week, but you got to face him again next week. You get past him this month, but you got to face him next month. Because although you got past him, you had no peace while you were getting past him, which guaranteed you didn't crush him. But God in this season, oh, I'm trying to help somebody. But God in this time, this time when I face them, I'm going to crush them. God is bringing me and you into a season where we face our enemy in peace. And we're not going to face that enemy no more. This is a season where you don't keep facing the same thing, but you crush it. There's some stuff that you've been facing for the past five years that will be crushed soon. And the God of peace will uh, crush Satan under your feet shortly. There's some stuff you've been fighting for 10 years that's about to be crushed shortly. There's some stuff you've been wrestling with the last two years that God is about to crush shortly. There's some stuff that you've been back and forth with that God is about to crush shortly. For the God of peace will... No, this ain't going to be a long fight. This ain't going to be a back and forth. This ain't going to be a process. This one's going to be short and sweet. This, this. Somebody shout short and sweet. The God of peace. You're going to crush stuff and not even know you crushed it. God is about to give you grace to crush the enemy on accident. You're going to wake up Wednesday and realize, dog, that ain't there no more. You're going to wake up Saturday and say, man, I don't feel what I usually feel during this time on Saturday. Something got crushed. And the God of peace shall crush something under your feet. Satan under your feet shortly. Everybody say shortly. This one ain't going to be long. Don't put it off. Don't think you got to go through a whole bunch. No, this one's going to be short. Watch this. This is one thing we must understand. Please understand that peace is not the absence of turmoil. It's but the presence of a prince. It's not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of a person. He is the prince of peace. See, if you think getting peace means not having no trouble, you'll never have peace. If you think getting peace means never having nothing around you going wrong, you'll never get peace. That's where the devil tricked us. Peace isn't the absence of problem. It is the presence of a prince called the prince of peace. And so as long as I know how to host him, God, as long, see, this is a season where we learn how to host the presence of God. Where we learn how to bless the Lord with our soul. If we're going to have peace, it's because we know how to steward the presence. We understand that he 
inhabits the praises of his people. And so we're going to bless him with the fruit of our lips. This ain't going to be a season where it's quiet. This ain't going to be a season where you think your way out of stuff. This ain't going to be a season where you try to figure out what's wrong. This is going to be a season where we make joyful noises. Where we shout with the voice of triumph. Where we blow our mouth like a trumpet. Where we bless the Lord with our if you want presence, you got to understand that sight always follows sound. It don't matter if the Spirit of God is there. The Spirit of God won't move without a sound. Because the earth was dark and without form. And it was void. And the Spirit of God was standing over the earth. But would not move until a sound was made. Let there be light. And the moment there was a sound, there was a moving. This is a time where we must make a we won't have peace until we learn how to host his presence I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. You good, you're good, you're good. You're good in the shower. You're good while I'm brushing my teeth. I can't say thank you while I'm brushing my teeth, but I can mumble it. You're good while I'm driving. You're good while I'm washing the dishes. I'm going to bless you at all times. I'm not telling you thank you. I'm giving you thanksgiving. There's a difference. See, you know when you tell somebody thank you after they give you something thanksgiving is actually giving the thanks before the giving glory be to God thanks before the giving I tell you thanks and it actually releases the giving because you already gave it all we gotta stop waiting to say thank you and understand the importance of thanksgiving He gave it all. Why ain't got none of it? Because I don't know how to enter his gates with. He gave me healing. Why ain't got it? Because I don't know how to. He gave me deliverance. Why ain't I got it? Because I enter his gates with. His course with praise. Amen. God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I know that that religion has made praise into a show, shouting into a mockery, but that don't change the power of shouting, and that don't change the power of praise, and that don't change the power of worship. I know there are people misusing it, and I know there are people who are not walking in the power of it, but we do not throw out the baby with the bathwater. I don't care if they ain't doing it right. I know when I bless the Lord, something happens. I, I know when I lift my hand, and something shows up. I know. I know when I. Isaiah chapter nine. Glory to the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter nine, verse number six. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now, there's many implications to that because he carried the cross on his shoulder. Y'all know that, right? There's many implications to that. He carried a sheep on his shoulder in one of the parables. There's many applications to that. But you know one application to that? You know what's on your shoulders? Your head. It's head and, and the government shall be upon his 
you have your head upon your shoulders. Glory be to God. The head is on the shoulders. Please hear me what I'm saying. Whether we have authority to govern or not hinges on the condition of our head. The government is upon his shoulders. Glory be to God. The government is upon it is having a spiritual mind is whether or not we govern. Repent for the government is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. But if your mind ain't right you won't be able to function in the kingdom the government is upon his shoulder watch this I'm going to go to Colossians 1 and 8 1 and 18 Colossians 1 and 18 bless his name hallelujah we thank God Colossians 1 18 New King James this is a testimony about the identity of who Christ is as the head. Everybody say the head. And he is the head of the body, the what? He is the head of the body, the? He is the head of the body, the? Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Jesus is our head. Come on, can we all agree that the Bible makes that clear? He says that more than what Jesus is our head. The key is he's in heaven. Jesus is our head and he's in heaven on the right hand of the Father. Our head isn't down here. Our head is up. Would y'all agree? Our head isn't down here. Our head is up there. Therefore, what's happening down here can't get to our head. I'm trying to help somebody keep their mind right. Our head is up here. Our head isn't down here. Therefore, what's happening down here is not getting to our COVID-19 isn't getting to our head. Racial tension isn't getting to our head. I ain't lying. I ain't lying. Our head is up there. By, well, a political bipartisanism and all of the conflict we're seeing in politics is not getting to our what? Head. Our head is clear right now. Glory be to God. I just want you to know that, that our head, our head isn't confused. Our head isn't asking what's going on. Our head isn't trying to figure out what to do next our head is clear and he is good our head is clear and we have the victory our head is clear and all things are working together and so the only way this is getting to our head is if we haven't really tapped into our head because our head is up there so what's happening down here is not getting to our head I just want somebody to declare out of your mouth this ain't getting to my head I'm going to walk in peace anyway. This ain't getting to my head. I don't feel like quitting. I'm going to endure. This ain't getting to my head. I'll live righteous in the midst of lawlessness. This ain't getting to my head. The Father placed our head in heaven while leaving us his body in the earth so the things that are happening in the earth have no power to get in our head. God, I hope y'all catch that. We have peace. And in the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no Colossians 1 and 18. 
He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Jesus, who is the head, is first. Do y'all get that? He's the first one who comes back from the dead to be born from the dead. Because everything always comes out head first. Our head has already come out of death in the grave. If you pay attention to a birth, the birth always happens for a baby, head what? First. The head comes out first. See, anything we come out of, we come out of head first. See, the reason why many of us are glory, still fighting some of the things we're fighting is because our head is still in it. We didn't allow, see, never allow your head to be where your body is. If where your body is, you're not supposed to be. I know you're in a, a trial, but don't let that trial get your head. At least keep your head above the trial. Y'all hear what I'm saying? If you're neck up, keep your head above it knowing that this is working out for my good. Keep your head above it knowing that no weapon formed against you is able to prosper. Why? Because as long as I can keep my head out of this, my body can't stay in this because we come out. Y'all ain't hearing me. Head first. There's somebody in here that all you really need to do is lift up your head. Lift up your heads, oh ye gates and be ye. See, you got, that thing got your head. That thing has pulled you down and told you you're stuck there. You're going to have to fight to get out of there. That I, Maybe Jesus has forgotten about you. Maybe this is too strong. Maybe I'll never come out. All that's going on up here. And the devil knows that as long as I can keep that going on up here, I'll keep this in that. But I want somebody to understand if you can get your head out. My God, if you can bless God right there. If you can trust God right there. If you can testify his word right there. You come out head first. All you need to know is when you wake up in the morning and you don't think about it, it don't dominate your thoughts. That's a testimony. You coming out of that. When it can no longer make you heavy, that's a testimony you coming out of that because everything we come out of somebody shout head first my, my head is being lifted anybody's head being lifted anybody's head listen to me if you're going to come out of sin you got to come out of sin head first you keep on trying to fight to come out of something, then you got to come out. You know how you come out of it? You knowing that he died, yeah, and he was buried for three days. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And him rising from the dead means sin no longer has power to keep me bound. And God said, you believe that in your heart until it gets in your head. And when in your head you understand the power of the sin that still seems like it has power over me, has been broken, you will come out but you must come out head first watch this somebody shout I'm coming out I already know where glorious remnant revival community is because my head ain't here I don't know about you but my head already beyond here Glory be to my head and went somewhere else my, my thoughts I, I'm seeing the thoughts that God is thinking toward Isaiah chapter 26, verse number 3. Get your head out of it. 
lift up your head. Don't submerge. Don't allow your head to be submerged in it. Isaiah 26 verse 3. You will keep him what? In perfect whose mind is because he Trying to help us understand something about governing. I'm going to say that. I'm going to read that scripture one more time. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts what? Permission to walk in peace comes from prioritizing our perception. Please hear me and hear me well. Permission to walk in peace comes from prioritizing our perception. Peace is a mental condition one bears the fruit of by way of prioritizing Jesus as their main mental focus. I'm going to say that again. Peace is a mental condition. Peace is a mental condition one bears the fruit of by way of prioritizing Jesus as their main mental focus. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds stayed on you. There are so many people who lack peace. And if we really admit it, because we don't know how to keep our minds stayed, we use religion instead of a mental focus. I did do church. I listened to the preacher preach, but then my mind moved. I did the spiritual thing for the week, but then my mind moved. And God's saying peace don't come from doing the religious thing for the week. Peace don't come through hearing the preacher preach. Peace don't come through just you having a 15-minute devotional in the morning. Those who keep their mind stayed on them. A spiritual mind is a mind that knows how to stay on him. Please hear what I'm saying. That mind isn't moved by issues. That mind isn't moved by attacks. That mind isn't moved by trials. That mind isn't moved by challenges. See, it don't matter if your body is here, I can't control your mind. I, I could be up here ministering, and while I'm here ministering, fried chicken might be floating across your head. Come on, I wish I could get a witness up in here. Don't act like you ain't never had your mind stayed on chicken. <laughs> while thou was in churches. Yeah. Why? Why? Because where you're at physically doesn't control where you can be mentally. You can keep your mind where you want to keep your mind. At your job, you can keep your mind where you want to keep your mind. At, while you're cutting the grass, you can keep your mind. God said, if you learn how to keep your mind stayed on me, I'm going to keep you in a perfect peace. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. This is a time where the Lord is going to call his people to a, to a spiritual mind of focus. He's going to challenge us to keep our minds stayed on him in the midst of everything around us moving. In the midst of everything around us flipping and flopping. People going here, people going there. And God's saying, if you can keep your mind stayed, I'm going to crush Satan under your feet. You don't have to break stride. You don't, you don't have to go around nothing. You won't have to go over nothing. I'm going to minimize your enemy under your feet. And wherever you're stepping, you're going to step on him. Because that's the glory of peace. Peace is the place from which we can see his government. And we can govern. 
want to show you this last slide and I'm closing. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 and Ephesians 2 and 6. They're both in the New King James. Now these two verses testify of Christ's position in heaven and then our position with Christ in heaven after his ascension. This speaks of his posture or position right now after death, burial, resurrection, and then his ascension. This is where he's, this is his ministry right now to us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, it says, this is speaking of Christ, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the, and seated him at his right hand in where? <clears throat> he seated him <clears throat> at his right hand. The right hand of the father is not just a, a, a hand of endearment. It speaks of a governmental seat. It is the seat that rules the universe. All of the universe must bow to the authority of Christ. Amen? Because he sits at the right hand of power in God, the creator of all. Now watch this, Ephesians 2 verse 6. Then it, it talks about him, but then it talks about us in Ephesians 2 and 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus. See, I know one day many of us will go to heaven, but we're actually supposed to have a seat there now. You know how we sit there now? In Christ Jesus. Amen? We sit together in Christ. We are seated together with him. We sit together in Christ. Don't that sound? Think about that. We sit together in Christ. It's, that verse isn't saying that Christ has a seat here and then we have seats next to him. It's just one seat. We sit together in Christ. There isn't another seat for us. We're sitting in his seat in him. How? How? We sit together in Christ. We are seated together with him to the degree we think like him. I need y'all to get this. We take our seat with him to the degree we think like him. How much are we seated with him? How much our mind is like the mind of Christ. He's the head. To the degree we have his mind, we take our seat. A seat of governmental authority with a renewed mind. Repent. Renew your mind. Change the way you think for the kingdom of God is at hand. Everybody stand into your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I sense the Lord calling us back to a posture of peace today. Come on, there's a posture of peace that all the distractions and all the attacks and all of the shenanigans of the enemy has caused us to stray from and we find ourselves outside of peace. 
And therefore, we find ourselves facing the same fight over and over and over again and not seeing that thing crushed. And as I reflect on it, and as I reflect on this word, I realize that really that my issue has had my mind more than my king has. I think about my problem more than I think about my savior. I think about my fight more than I think about the fact he already won it. I ask God why more than I tell him how wonderful he is. Honestly, my mind has been taken. It's not stayed on him. It stayed on asking him when. And not realizing I've been holding back my own victory. I've been asking him, when is he going to give it? And he's saying, daughter or son, I already gave it. But I can't, I can't enforce it because you won't give me your mind. You give me your worry, but you won't give me your praise. You give me your complaint, but you, I want your mind back. I want your mind back stayed on me who is good. I want your mind back stayed on he that shed his blood. Give me your mind back. And I promise you, we're going to crush some stuff. I'm going to show you the head that I'm going to give you victories that you never thought you could get. Thing that you thought you were going to be fighting for the rest of your life. I'm, you're about to see me crush the enemy. Son or daughter, what I'm asking for is your love back. I want your love again. I know what you want me to do, but how much do you just want me? I know what you're waiting on me to give you, but how much do you want me to give you me? Those who keep their minds stayed on them. Faith's reward isn't what God can give us. Faith's reward is God himself. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's the reward. Can I have your mind back? So I can have your mouth back. So I can have your heart back. So I can have your praise back. So I can have your prayer back so I can have you back. That's what God is asking today. Come unto me. I know you've heard me heavy laden. I got rest for you. Take my yoke upon you and learn. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. If that's your prayer today, I just need you to lift your hands where you're at. And you're putting your mind on the altar and saying, God, do with it what you want. I'm taking my mind back to Calvary's cross. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, forgive me for allowing the enemy to take thoughts that belong to you. 
You told me clearly, take no thought of what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and what you shall wear. But Father, in, 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 in a strange heart, I've taken more thought to, to, to what I'll be eating and what I'll be drinking and what I'll be wearing than I've taken thought of you. But today I bring my thoughts back unto obedience. Today I ask for your blood to wash me again. Today I ask for your power, your power to take me captive. Lord God, bring me back to you. Bring my mind back to you. Because it's been a mental battle. I've been back and forth. And, and I've been battling in my mind. And I know you're my head. I know you're my head. I know there's peace for me. I know there's strength for me. I give my mind back to you. I won't speak of the problem. I'm going to speak of your power. I won't detail the struggle. I'm going to detail your sacrifice. I'm going to talk about the nails you took for me. I'm going to exalt myself in the blood that dripped down that cross for me. I'm going to describe the tomb that has been emptied for me. Have me again. Father, I thank you right now. Come on, just lay your hands on your mind. Father, I thank you right now that there'll be more praise than there'll be anything else. That this mind belongs unto you. I present my mind along with my body a living sacrifice. I'll cast my cares upon you for you care for me. I receive spiritual mindedness right now. I mortify the mind of the flesh that continues to bring me to death. And I yield to your spirit where there's life and there's peace. Right here and right now in the name of Jesus. I need you to take your hands off of your head and celebrate your God. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah.